Welcome to the Fleet Safety Geeks podcast, where we discuss the latest industry trends, best practices, and strategies for keeping your fleet and its drivers safe on the road. Whether you're a fleet manager, safety professional, or a driver yourself, our goal is to provide valuable insights and actionable tips to help you prevent accidents, protect lives, and promote a culture of safety within your organization. From vehicle maintenance and driver training to regulations and technology, we cover it all. Tune in every week as we explore the challenges and opportunities of fleet safety in today's All right, well, welcome to the Obnoxious Tell-All episode. Today, we're going to cover obnoxious things that get in the way of safety and what to do about it with guest interviewer Bethany from True Software. At the end of last year, Bethany came in on our episode and interviewed us, and now we've brought her back to grill us on a new uh, topic. Bethany, welcome to the studio again. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Phil, how are you? I'm doing well. Welcome, Bethany, to our uh, crazy podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Ready so, to get um, obnoxious? <laughs> I, Let's I get obnoxious. We do every episode, Bethany. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> So do you want to start, Bethany, with uh, uh, coming up with some questions for us? Yeah, yeah. So this is the obnoxious tell-all. So I've prepared some questions around that theme. So first, Bob, you've been in fleet management for a long time, and I'm sure you've dealt with some squeaky wheels, no pun intended. It seems to me that one obnoxious person can really ruin it for the the rest of the people Um, in a department or a company. Can you describe that? And how have you handled employees who believe that they're the exception to the rule when it comes to safety or have been a bad influence on others? Yeah, no, that's a good one. I don't like to talk poorly about the drivers, um, but everybody knows that that every driver is... um, smarter than every fleet manager that's the joke in the industry if you have uh, a thousand vehicle fleet you have a thousand fleet managers out there who who can do it better than you so we hear this a lot right um and if any fleet drivers are listening i apologize but at the same time i you know i i get what they're coming from their vehicle is their office right they sit in there all day um they're constantly telling us you know you sit in an air conditioned office with nice, comfortable chairs and we have to drive all day, blah, blah, blah. You know, and so I guess I kind of understand that. But at the same time, you know, we we put different policies in place to keep them safe. Um, so whenever they push back or say, you know, the, the seat's not comfortable, I need a special seat. I need eight way, you know, power lumbar, um, you know, or I need a, a, the 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 power mirrors or something um, that that the vehicle just doesn't have, you know, it's like, well, we can't add that, you know, some of those things, the vehicles already been built. You can't add it aftermarket. Um, So there's that. Um, The ones that really bug me the most are on the maintenance side, believe it or not. Uh, I know we like to talk about safety, but maintenance is related to safety, but um, you know, the, the, the best practice in the industry for a light truck fleet, not the, the big over the road uh, trucks, but, um, you know, cargo vans or, or stuff like that, you know, using national account providers like Firestone or Goodyear. Um, and anytime that I go through new hire orientation and I talk about that with drivers, they always say, oh, Firestone's the worst. You know, they they um, uh, they don't they don't tighten the, 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 
the the oil filter. <laughs> like, okay, so it happened to you once. Now you say every Firestone's bad. So you know, it's it's just everybody always has something to push back on um, whenever mm -hmm. they're they're talking about um, uh, you know fleet or or being a driver. So um, I haven't really had too much pushback on the safety thing, except for one driver um, when we were talking about our our handheld phone policy, not, you know, whatever, the electronics device policy. Um, he said, well, I'm a very good, um, oh, I'm losing Multitasker. This. I'm what is that? Multitasker. Multitasker. Yes. I'm very good at multitasking. And um, I really, it, it stopped everything as far as we talking about this new hire orientation. And we just had a very long conversation about it. And I could not convince that guy that he is not a good multitasker. He just kept pushing back. And of course he was right. Um, it, it was really frustrating. And um, um, people like that, um, you know, can, can spread that to other drivers and it can get picked up quickly and kind of, you know, throw a whole policy, uh, a tariff policy apart. And it's, it's frustrating. Right. Yeah. And I was going to say to your point about drivers, I think this is a problem in, in any industry and in any department, there is like that one toxic person that then their energy spreads to everyone else. So. Yeah, for sure. That's a good segue into my next question, which is around driver retention. So I've, I've heard that that's a concern now in terms of correcting poor driving behavior. What's your stance there? How has your company dealt with that? Or Phil, if you want to chime in there too. Well, right now, yeah, driver shortages across the industry. And, and it's true, you know, um, the drivers in my fleet aren't delivering packages, right? They, they're technicians and they go to a site and, and they work on uh, the uh, uh, equipment that we sell. Um, so um, we have shortages all across multi-industry, you know, shortages, right? So anybody who's a driver that typically drives for a living, we have shortages. Technicians, we have shortages. People at repair shops, we have shortages. Um, so there's shortages everywhere. And, and it really is because people are getting kind of pulled uh, from their current position and getting kind of, um, um, you know, told, hey, you can make more money here, better opportunities here. So people are, are moving around a lot. So we have high turnover right now um, at, at my company. And that makes it very frustrating because you go through a lot of effort to hire somebody and train them and put them behind the wheel and provide a vehicle and then they leave and it's, it's really frustrating. Um, and one thing that we've noticed is um, the, the drivers that we are hiring, um, we are, or at least interviewing, right? Or recruiting um, have not had the best driving record. Um, so they go through most of the process only to get turned down because they have um, such a poor driving record that they really shouldn't be behind the wheel. So that's causing uh, a lot of problems for us too. Um, a lot of frustrations from HR, you know, well, we, we're kind of running out of people to, to provide um, and, and, you know, we need to start making exceptions. And, and I tell them that's probably the worst thing that we could do right now. Um, Cause that's, that's going to turn out bad. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> if I can, uh, if you make an exception to your hiring policies, as far as driver qualifications, you might as well just throw your policy in the trash because you've set a precedent. 
And then if you don't hire one person, but you do hire another person, they have similar driving records, you're self opening yourself up to litigation. So um, I, what I would suggest is, you know, if, if you're getting pushback from HR, go to legal and say, here, here are the issues and this is what this, this will expose us. So the policies are in place and signed off on by top management and by legal and by HR for a reason. So you have to adhere to those policies. And I know that's tough sometimes, but you really have to. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's a great point. Uh, so along that same line of thinking, clearly navigating politics, personalities, really tough. Phil, we were discussing recently how managers can sometimes be part of the problem too. Can you speak to that? Yeah. Well, I always say that uh, if you want to have a driver safety culture that's that's effective within your organization has to be top down, right? So you got to get the C-suite on board. But I also say the field level managers are very, very, very important in this whole process. You know, they're the ones who have, <clears throat> excuse me, they have uh, direct contact with the drivers. And either they're out there telling the drivers, hey, go, 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 or they're telling them, now listen, safety now, go, go, go. And that's the difference. So you have to get the field level managers on board too. If it's important to the uh, to upper management, it's going to be important to uh, say the, the mid-level management. So um, again, it's a top-down thing. And if you want to sell it to the C-suite, if you want to, uh, you know, make it important to them, obviously the first and foremost is we're doing this for the drivers. We want them to go home safe every day, and that's that's a no-brainer, I would hope. But also. Um, it needs to make financial sense. It needs to, you need to be able to show that, hey, if we can reduce our crashes and we can reduce our downtime because of crashes and we can reduce the, the, the workers' comp issues and the people out of territory and not selling or not repairing or whatever, if we can reduce that, guess what? That's a benefit for the company. And you can, you can show, listen, safety has a great return on investment, a great return on investment. And, yeah. and, and, and that's a, that's a good way of, of getting the, the upper management. If they, if, forgive me for the way I'm going to put this, but if they're too thick to figure out that the best reason to do this, is to help the drivers get home safe every day, show them the finances. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, speaking of obnoxious, we have a special sponsor for this episode, obnoxious phone from true software. We'll be right back. Obnoxious phone, welcome to the studio. Thanks for thinking of me for your obnoxious tell all. Yeah, for sure. So you started in a video earlier this year. Can you tell us about that? We released the video during Distracted Driving Awareness Month as a memorable way to approach the issue. My task was to try to be as obnoxious as possible, which let's face it, is pretty easy. That is pretty obnoxious. In the video I'm driving around with Brian who is just trying to focus on driving. Finally, he gets fed up and leaves me on the side of the road. It made a greater point that people are somewhat at the mercy of their phones unless they, or their employer, does something about it. So, obnoxious phone, how does it feel being at the center of everyone's lives? I love the attention, but not at the expense of someone's safety. People reach for their phones every 2 minutes and 43 seconds. That's over 350 times a day. Almost fourfold since 2019. 
Have you ever forgotten your phone at home and felt actual dread? People are addicted. Can't live with me, can't live without me. I think I could live without you. I see where you're coming from. Do I get a kick out of interrupting people and scaring the crap out of them when they're just about to fall asleep? Yes, if I'm being honest, but I'm also valuable. I notify people of important things. Right, like Instacart deal or your aunt's new puppy? Think about how many people use mobile devices to get work done. I'm misunderstood. You just need to manage me correctly. People aren't getting the best out of me. And how do you pro propose to do that? Good question. Software like Truce offers a happy medium where I can stay by your side safely. Truce tells me what apps are beneficial for my human and when to pull them up. That way I won't harm you by notifying you of trivial things while driving. So, contrary to what the paparazzi says, I actually like helping people. Well, that's a good segue. Is it true you are caught on camera crashing a safety conference? No comment. Well, we okay. have video proof. <laughs> well, thanks for your time, obnoxious phone. Appreciate you coming on. You're welcome. Visit truthsoftware.com slash geeks to learn more. That's truthsoftware.com slash geeks. All right. So, Phil, let's continue with you. Being a safety educator, I'm sure you've dealt with some obnoxious adults that were resistant to learning and change. Can you talk about that? Well, Bethany, if you ask anybody, ask anybody, ask them if they're a good driver and you're going to get, yep. In fact, most people believe that they're better than good. They're exceptional. They're outstanding drivers. Yet every one of us knows somebody we would not allow our dog to ride around the block with. You think about it. <laughs> It's, it's, it's really true. You know, and when you're out there driving around, you see all these bad drivers around you, but hey, thank goodness you're not one of them, right? So you have to overcome that. So well, I have a driver's license. That doesn't make you, you, you know, you know, when you get your driver's license, you know what you learned? You learn just enough to get your driver's license. And then, and then your actual driver education begins after that, as you're driving and you pick up habits. And some of those habits, and this is what driving is, it's a series of habits, you know, some of them are good, some of them are, are, are not good, some of them are safe, some of them are unsafe. Drivers need to have that pointed out to them. And what what's amazing to me when I see a driver come through training, you know, it's like, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I'm, well, I'm going to change that. That's what we've been talking about. But you, you can't just, you can't go to somebody saying, man, you're driving stinks because they're going to shut it down right away, right? You're saying, listen, we all can improve. And what I tell people, Bethany, I've been doing this for years. I'm still learning, right? So how do you overcome it? How, how do you overcome that? Just saying, hey, listen, what I'm trying to say is you can improve. We all can improve and you have to work on it constantly. Driving is a skill that must be worked on every time you sit down behind the wheel. And that's how you have to overcome that. Yeah. So let's pivot from employees and trainees to just the road in general. I think it's inevitable that we encounter obnoxious drivers. 
whether it's somebody coming onto your side of or crossing the line into your lane because they're distracted. I saw that like last night um, tailgating when people are just trying to speed or they're angry. So what advice do you have and can you be defensive against obnoxious drivers? Bob, you want to? I just think that that's a great point and great question because we, we see it all the time, especially if you're an observant driver, right? Um, if, if you are focused and mindful to what you're doing, you are going to notice all the other people around you and you should, that is, should be what you're doing. Your sole focus when you're driving should be on the road. Phil says this all the time. Phil is the reason that I do that because he said that, uh, at one of my fleet training, uh, sessions. So, um, um, and I also say that um, I ride motorcycles, so I'm constantly on a motorcycle. I'm always, always looking around, and my sole focus is on that. And I, I try and bring that into a car, even though I have, you know, four fenders around me. But, um, yeah, I see people all the time um, using their phones, slowing down, speeding up, weaving in and out of the lanes. Um, and, and actually, I used to try and speed up and get past them just to kind of keep them behind me. And Phil's like, no, actually, keep them in front of you because you can keep track of what they're doing and, and uh, uh, take care of yourself better. So, so I do that now. And, and that seems to make more sense because I can keep watching what they're doing. Phil, would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely, Bob. You're, and that's exactly right. If they're in front of you, they can't hit you. Uh, same thing with an impaired driver. I say if you see somebody you think is impaired, keep them in front of you. They're not going to hit you. So it's the same thing. And, and being distracted on the phone, you're as likely to crash as that impaired driver, right? So um, it's a matter of scanning, you know, 360 scan on a continuous basis and leaving yourself escape space, right? So it's a, we call it escape space driving, knowing where to go in case something happens. The, and the other thing I'll say is that uh, don't become so obsessed with the person who's doing something stupid that you are no, no longer paying attention to your driving, you're paying attention to the person who's doing something stupid. I had to learn that one because I get really irritated when I see people. I'm not kidding you. I did. I, I, and I, I went through this assessment and it showed that I was more focused on people who were doing stupid things and I wasn't paying attention to my driving. And what I always say then is don't let somebody else drive your car for you. And I, I was allowing that, that person to drive my car for me. And, and I just had to, so I'll, I'll make sure, you know, what I always say is, you know, okay. So you see them doing something stupid acknowledge that they're a dope okay but don't become so obsessed with them that you're not no longer focused on you know your escape space and you're scanning around and seeing things so uh, just scan 360 leave yourself escape space and just let the dummies go by yeah that's great advice i'm taking that one to heart because yeah the the temptation is definitely to dart around them and Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. When they're in front of you, you can actually respond more appropriately because you have more information. Correct. Yeah. Um, I actually wanted to go back to a previous topic, if you don't mind, Bob, when you were talking about the multitasking, just speaking of like distracted driving, when that person was saying, I'm a great multitasker, what did you say to that? Because I feel like that's such a common objection. And there's literally evidence and research that proves that it's not possible, but <laughs> just curious what, how you handled that. Yeah, this, this comes also from, I didn't go into this detail, but it comes from Phil's training um, that he did uh, at, at the company that I worked at before. 
um, where it kind of went through this exercise. This is going to lead up to what I told him, but go through this exercise where um, he just started talking to somebody and says, you know, what's your middle name? What day were you born? What's your sister's name? What's your sister's <laughs> middle name? And just go through this. And all of these answers are, are, are given. Um, and that may be backward. That, that's backward. I think it was like you went through a deck of cards or something. Right. And, and what's this card? And, and, you, and you said it or, or something. Either way, it's the questions were asked in order where um, you can answer them very easily because that's what you're solely focused on. Um, but then the second time he went through the cards again and you're supposed to read it off or do something with the cards. And then he also threw in, what's your sister's name? What's this, you know, uh, what's your, your sister's birth date or something like that. And then it took much longer for somebody to get through the original set of questions because your brain had to start thinking about the other questions, um, on top of it and you can't do it. Your brain can only, um, focus on one cognitive ability at a time. Um, but whenever I say to a driver, well, your brain can only do one cognitive act at a time. They just sort of look at me with a blank stare, right? Because that's too scientific, you know? So, so I try and say, you can only, <laughs> you can only focus on your, your, your brain can only perform one, um, thinking act at a time and driving is a thinking act. Talking on the phone is a thinking act. Having a conversation is a thinking act, not holding the phone. Holding the phone is a physical act. And that's why I hate that all of these, you know, handheld, you know, laws, you know, well, we got them to stop holding their phone. Well, that's not the problem. The problem right. is it's the conversation is, is the other thinking act. So I tried to explain that to the driver and he just came back with, again, well, that's multitasking and I'm a very good multitasker. And sometimes there's just no convincing somebody until they get into an accident and prove themselves wrong, which we don't want to have happen. If I can, Bethany, so driving is already on multitask. If you're pressing on the accelerator, you're steering the car, you're checking your speedometer, you're scanning, you're doing many things at once. Okay. You're doing many things. All right. So, so driving is already on multitask. If you're trying to talk on the phone or text or tweet or any of that stupid stuff, you're now splitting your attention and that's the difference. Um, it, and you can't split your attention when you're driving. People say, well, I'm a great multitasker. Okay. Well, that would make you a, a good driver because that is a multitask situation already. But if you're trying to do anything with your electronics while you're driving, uh, you're splitting your attention and that's, it's just dangerous. It shouldn't be done. Yeah. Great. Well, um, wrapping up here, Phil, I know that you have suggested putting passengers in the trunk if they're being obnoxious. <laughs> so in addition to that strategy, what obnoxious passenger tips do you have? Well, if, if, if people actually did that, my wife would put me in the trunk all the time. So uh, I'm going to go back off from that. Um, uh, a duct tape. Uh, I think duct tape is great. It fixes it. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> so there are, there are times when passengers can be distracting. Um, the joke I always make, and my kids will hate me for saying this, but I would say these words when they were really just carrying on in the cars, do I need to stop the car? And they said, no, dad, you don't need to stop the car because I can get loud. Um, and they, they would, you know, start behaving then. But um, if you have a person who's distracting, say to them, Hey, listen, 
I'm driving. I need to stay focused on my driving so we can continue this conversation once we are safely and legally parked because I know you don't want me to crash because that can affect you as well as, as me. So, um, you know, let's finish this later. If they continue to be distracting, then find a place where you can safely and legally park, let it calm down and then go back to driving. And that's, and it sounds like that's, you know, you're actually going to stop, like go to a rest area or you pull into a parking lot. Yep. You're darn right. I am. That's better than crashing. Person might have some hard, you know, some hurt feelings. <laughs> Poor person. But, you know, I mean, it's it's better than crashing. Yeah. Safety first. I, I think that one of the bigger distractions, and this isn't a fleet related one, but you know, just driving with your family, um, especially with kids, and if the kids are fighting in the back seat or just doing stuff, and and that's distracting the driver, that can be a really bad thing. So pulling off to a rest area or off the side of the road or something like that would certainly, you know, be more appropriate than, you know, turning around and saying, "Don't make me come back there." Or, you know, better <laughs> dad saying, <laughs> "Yeah." yeah. So I, I don't know. My cat is very distracting. I know I'm not driving, but I, I keep the spray bottle around. <laughs> so I wonder if that might be a good. <laughs> spray your kids. Now we have spray bottles in the car so and spray the kids. <laughs> not while you're driving, please. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're revolutionizing the the fleet safety industry. <laughs> Well, that's that's all uh, the questions I have for you around the obnoxious tell-all theme. So I appreciate your candidness and um, your insights, as always. Oh, for sure. Thank you so much for coming on, asking the questions, kind of engaging the conversation. Um, love it, and um, uh, hopefully, obnoxious phone um, is is going to you know help people. Um, think about distracted driving uh, in the future. Yeah. Yeah, I hope yeah thanks. This, this is terrific. Again, we just got to keep getting the message out there, right? Uh, distraction causes problems. So, uh, yeah, thank you for coming on and uh, sharing this with us. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you.